diversify your bonds. Hey guys, we're aliens. It's not about eating a good sandwich, you know, it's about the people there. And that's what's more important. You can't live your life to the fullest if you don't have memes. That's a, be careful. Sometimes you gotta take the plunge and just, you know, go for what you love. As long as I like it, and then not just dance to it. Well, if I want to be successful, people gotta know me. Alright, keep that same energy. You have to consider, you have to think about this, you have to know, you have to try it. What's up, sponsors? We are Please Don't Sue Us here on Another Pliss. Here we ask questions, laugh, joke, and talk about the journey that is being the small content creator. We are Ordeed. We got the certified dad bod Angelo in here. We have Uncle Migs. And today our guest is going to be our boy, Yella Swerve. Uh, say say hi to the people for us. Hey, I'm Yellow Swerve, also known as Ricky, I guess. What's up? We are going to uh, have, have a good time discussing uh, the video games. The homie does the streaming and game designs. It's going to be cool. But first, before we start it off, let's get into our sponsor. Hi, my name is Jake. You might remember me from such things as, uh, uh, well, I'm here to tell you about the newest and coolest Discord server on the block, Amateur Power Hour. Amateur Power Hour is a server dedicated to artists of all sorts who are in need of critical and in-depth feedback for their work, as well as opportunities to find new folks to collaborate with. We strive to create a positive environment for artists to share their content, as well as an environment that boosts their self-confidence, all from the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Here I am now. This... this isn't a video ad? Oh, sh- We also offer weekly discussions based on predetermined topics that range in scope. For example, last week's writing topic was, What makes a main character compelling? Huh. I wonder. This server is also home to the PDSU podcast crew, so if you've ever wanted to interact with your boys, or Deed, Uncle Miggs, and the certified dad bot himself, Angelo, this is the server for you. The more we grow, the more we offer. Join up today. So my, my check's in the mail? Yeah, in the mail. Please. I, I don't want to touch you. Awesome. Cool. See you never. And now, let's just jump right into it, as Philip DeFranco says. I did I did send the payment, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, keep going. <laughs> All right, dude, the yellow swerve. So, I guess first things first, we're jumping right into it. Tell us... The origin story of Yellow Swerve. How, how did uh, you start streaming? How did you get the name? So honestly, how I started was basically I, you know, I finally like started upgrading my computer and having a bit more free time once I, 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 I guess not once I got into college, but like I just started like working on things more efficiently. I kind of just have always played games a lot, so I kind of just decided well. I might as well just like figure out how to stream and then play games a lot and stream them. And that's just kind of what I do. I, I, 
Like I, I never really fell into like a niche of like, oh, play this game, play this game. Or like play this game that just came out. I just like kind of always played whatever I found interesting at the time. I I actually have finally like found a, a niche of game that I play like all the time now. Or not all the time, but like once or twice a week at least. Which is uh, Ultra Kill. I've actually been speedrunning that now. And I'm one of the, the, the top players for it, surprisingly. But that's like what I've been doing recently. And so I guess I kind of finally found a niche that really fits. But I've always kind of just played like really strange games, I guess. And just things I, I want to play. Not necessarily, you know, what's popular or whatever. Not necessarily catering to the crowd or anything. Yeah, exactly. I kind of always thought about it as as like uh, if 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 I just keep playing the shit I want to play eventually that's just going to attract people that also like the shit that I play in general and they'll just come by to see what I play and you know discuss the games I'm playing and things like that and I, I, that that pretty much has happened which is really cool so you know that's it's neat nice seems like you play like a lot of like indie games you play a lot of like we talked about this last time we were talking with uh like the kaizo mario or i think that's how you say it oh yeah so um it 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 was a while back i guess i don't i don't really know how or what piqued my interest into it probably the fact that i i'm not a huge fan of mario maker itself because because i don't like most people don't know but mario maker only uses um the new super mario brothers engine for its physics and like all of the styles like e- even if it's like the original mario bros uses those physics and like i hate those physics so much huh. so i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna try out some super mario world rom hacks and the first one which was pretty decent it- it's probably one of the more popular ones was called jump and that's like the first one i streamed and i was like damn this shit's fucking awesome. And so, like, I just started playing more and more. The most recent one I played was Super Mario World 2. That's uh, V-O-R-L-D. It was actually made by the, the 4chan board V. And I actually helped out on a lot of it as well. So I, I had a, a reasonably heavy hand in the development of that. It, it's, it's incredible. I cannot recommend it enough. I also played it for 23 hours straight. Because for the 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 month leading up to its release, I was like, I'm going to I'm going to sit down on the board. I was like, I'm going to I'm going to beat this shit in one sitting. I I am so excited for this hack. I'm just going to sit down and I'm not going to get up until I finish it. You know, 12 hours in, I was like, all right, I might have gotten in a little over my head. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And then 11 hours later, when I was finally finishing, I was like, damn, I'm going to go fucking sleep. This is the best <laughs> hack I've ever played in my life. Did you finish it? Oh, hell yeah, I finished it. I refused to go to bed until I finished it. That's what's up. Describe the feeling of finally, like, finishing <laughs> that game after, like, 20-something hours. So, like, you, you can check the, the stream archive for this, too. But, like, I mm-hmm. finished it, and they put me in the credits. And I almost fucking cried. Like... <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I was in there for I I had no expectation to be credited at all because you know it's completely 
what working on it was completely anonymous. Mm. So no one knew who I was. I didn't know who anyone else was. It, which is what I think is great. Like anyone was free to make whatever they wanted. You guys could all like pool your resources together and just like work on this project piecemeal as you went. Yeah, exactly. And oh, like okay. as at, like I finished it and I'm like looking at the credits and it's like all of these like trip codes, which are basically just like random numbers and letters to like identify yourself. Mm. And then like I saw and, and then like in IRC chat, I, w- I was just like putting myself as Borb Anon because that's one of the levels I made Borb. And uh, I saw my name there in the credits and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> I, there I am. They, they, the, the, the organizers put me in and very nice. Hell yeah. And in the, the best hack I've ever played in my life, <laughs> it, it was something special. It, I can't re- recommend it enough. Like I know like 4chan has this like really bad reputation, mm-hmm. but like. It's it's by far the best Mario World ROM hack I've ever played, and I can't recommend it enough. How much time did you spend actually working on the game, would you say? I For my levels, I spent a lot of time, mm-hmm. um, especially the first one I made, because I had never made a Mario level before this point. Mm-hmm. I didn't work on the first hack at all. I was just a huge fan of the first hack. Like, I played it a bunch. I, like, casually speed ran it. I was like, all right, hell yeah, like, this is awesome. And when the organizer emailed me, he was like, hey, uh, if you're interested, I'd like I'm more than happy to have you help out, like make levels for this hack and stuff. So I'd started learning the tool Lunar Magic. The first level I made, I I put a lot of time into it, especially like learning how to make levels in Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. I probably just the first level alone was probably like 10 or 11 hours for a like three minute level. Hey, man, but especially when you're working with a new software, if anything, that's that's quick. Yeah. And like, luckily, like, you know, I've designed levels for other stuff before, which we can talk about later. Mm -hmm. But uh, it definitely helped. And especially with like all the games I've played and especially with all the bad games I've played. (laughs) It was like, all right, I know I don't want to subject players to like X, Y and Z. Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll try to do this instead. And uh, I'm I'm really happy with how the level turned out, like as. As people were testing the hack, too, because there was a month of development, so one month of making levels, and then one month of testing levels. And in during the testing period, like, a lot of people were like, yeah, like, Borb is probably one of my favorite levels. And I was like, holy shit. Hey, man. <laughs> people, <laughs> people really like, people like my level. What the fuck? I'm, I'm like a, just a little shit poster, like... Hey man, when you, I can't believe people like this. When you put in that much time and effort, you know, like it shows, and clearly by like everyone else agrees, you know, like they can tell that yeah. you had a passion for what you were doing, and they really appreciated the amount of elbow grease and like fucking soul you fucking injected into your levels because you genuinely cared. Yeah, that's true. The worst part though is like I made a few other levels for the hack, and like I thought they were so much better, and I was like, each each level I made, I felt was better than the last. Mm-hmm. So, like, the last level I made, I was like, this is it. This is, like, this is the best level I've ever made. Like, this is going to be the one that people are like, yeah, that level's tight as fuck. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> no one even mentioned that one. Damn. <laughs> like, ever. It's all about the Borb. Yeah, seriously, it really was. The The gimmick with that, that Borb level is, like, there's, like, orbs in Super Mario World that finish the level. But you have to, like, do, like, a little, like, it, it plays, like, victory tune first. 
And if you die by falling off a ledge during that victory tune, it doesn't finish the level. So, like, the whole thing is focused around not getting orbs, or else you just die. <laughs> the borbs. Speaking of game creation, how many games have you actually been involved in, like, creating? Uh, so, like, if I'm, if I'm being, like, tech, like, super technical about it, mm. pro- I think, let me, let me think for a sec, I think five? But, like, only three of those I would consider, like, real games, I guess. How so? What about the other two makes them, like, not real games? Like, are they just, like, walking simulators, or? No, they were just, like, really quickly thrown together, like, school assignments ah okay that makes sense so like they there really weren't like yeah we need to finish we need to make a full game kind of thing you know okay it was like oh you have two weeks to make this kind of game like one of them was an infinite runner and the other one was um it was an unreal project where the the instructor was like oh yeah just do these things each week in your unreal project not like make a game Mm -hmm. so one of my one of them's an infinite runner and then one of them's just like a sandbox with a bunch of random shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very nice. Is it like random mechanics or like random things that you just like made? Just just like random assignments, mm. like pretty much. <laughs> so like there's like a cube you can like pick up and like you can move around and like you can shoot a quote gun. Oh. And like there's like a bouncer pad and like it's it's just like a bunch of random shit thrown together in a space. So I wouldn't call it a game at all. OK, fair but enough. it's experience I have. So that's something mm-hmm. uh, as for the yeah, the three games that I've actually worked on. So the first one I started working on would be Elevator Pitch. Mm-hmm. And that one was with the GDA, the Game Design and Art Collaboration, mm-hmm. which is a club up at UCSC. Which is open to to anyone in the area. So if anyone listening is interested in making a game, you know, obviously, obviously things. Is this are a, a little... plug? Is this an unexpected plug? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> unexpected plug. Uh, GDA. You know, obviously things are kind of weird right now with COVID and everything. Yeah. But during the normal school year, like we open the doors to all UCSC students and like just people in the area that catch wind of it because we've had we have had and have non-UCSC students. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. So as long as you have the skill to actually like help out. As long as you have the the willingness and motivation to help out, not even the skill. We just like having people. You don't need to be talented or anything. I I came into UCSC with zero game design knowledge and GDA made me feel welcome. And they're like, you you don't have to have any prior game design experience. You don't even have to be a games major. Just show up and we'll teach you everything you need to know and want to know. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, this is better than fucking my actual courses at UCSC. All right. Fuck yeah. You know, you really get hands-on learning experience, you know, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck yeah. And, And so that was the first game I started working on. And the second to last game I finished. So the the middle game, I guess. And that was a great experience. It was, you know, big teams. I met a lot of people on that, like, project. Mm-hmm. Super fun. I absolutely loved it. The second game I made and started working on was Pluck and the Power of the Chord, which is like um, a music bullet hell. Music rhythm game bullet hell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you, like, 
you have to play certain notes to make chords and those chords like will activate certain powers and then it's just like bullet hell gameplay so like there's a bunch of enemies shooting at you and you just gotta dodge their bullets i i was really happy with the design work and stuff i did on that Mm -hmm. and like our programmer was incredible like he did so much he he killed it. So so did our artists because it was a team of three. There are three of us. Mm-hmm. All of us did a super good job. I'm really happy with how that turned out. And I I I'm probably someday going to like further pursue the concept mm-hmm. on my own because because I I think it has a lot of potential, especially if I make it into more of like an actual rhythm game, like similar to um. Crypt of the Necro Dancer kind uh-huh. of thing. Okay. Yeah. Because because that game combines genres really well. It may, it combines a dungeon crawler and rhythm games perfectly. I I really like how they combine. Wait two. wait wait. Which one's that? Uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer is the one where it's just like you're in like dungeons and you move around to the beat of the song. Crypt of the Necro Dancer. The Necro Dancer is now sponsoring <laughs> another place. But yeah, Thank you for your sponsorship. Super, super cool game since it takes two completely opposite genres and combines them. And that's kind of the same thing I want to do with, with plucking the power of chord mm-hmm. in whatever form it reemerges in. Are you thinking about like adding a story element to it or are you just thinking about <sighs> making it like more of a long format game? Like what do you... Probably just more of a long format game. Okay. I I really don't think it's something that needs story. Mm-hmm. I've I've always been in the boat of gameplay over everything else. If if a game has bad everything else, but it's got the perfect gameplay, it's it's gonna be an incredible game. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. I love rhythm also- games. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I love rhythm games too. I I actually just bought um. Taiko no Tatsujin for Switch with the drum. Patapon. So that's cool. <laughs> Patapon. is awesome. That game's really good too. You were talking about a uh, story in games. Yeah. And there was one game that we've talked about previously, uh, which was Near. Yes, Near Gestalt it, slash Replicant. <laughs> yeah, the first Near. Yeah. Why why does that game work so much for you because it's like one of your favorites isn't it oh yeah i i i even recently played through it again and like oh my god that game got me so fucking emotional so many times like the the reason that game works so well for me is because the the gameplay is you know it's it's good enough and it serves its purpose of kind of driving the story but the the writing of the characters and the music and just the overall story is so incredible that it it makes up for all of the game's weak points. Mm-hmm. And they're actually remaking it. Unfortunately, they're not remaking both versions of the game because there's a, a version of the game with an older father figure that you play as. And then there's a version of the game where you play as a brother. And they're remaking the brother version because that's the quote canonical version. Mm-hmm. And the the other version was just made for Western audiences because they like big gruff dad men. I don't. I, <laughs> the point is, it was way better, and no one, no one overseas recognizes it as the better version. So we're getting the worst version remade. But you know, that's a 
conversation for the different times. Remix. Yes. Boils my boils my blood Remix. just thinking about it. <laughs> hey man, but, um, sometimes remakes are better than the original, okay? Shoot. Yeah. It and and the remakes looking to be really good so far cuz mm-hmm. when I was streaming the game like even and if you go watch the the vods for it mm-hmm. in the archives like the whole time I was saying like man, I hope for the remake of this game they don't change a single thing except for the combat. I want everything to be exactly the same except for the combat. I want the combat changed. What, what's and wrong with what the combat? Ju- it's it's not good. It's not bad, but it's not good. It's just mm-hmm. boring. Okay, you, like so just it's, hit. So it's like tedious and like a chore to actually yeah, get through a fight. Yeah, it's super tedious. Okay, but like the thing is that like almost like enforces the story mm-hmm. because like it's not fun to do, but you you'll be doing it anyways, and like. Not to not to put too much spoilers, you know, for the game, because I think every person alive should fucking experience near mm-hmm. in its rawest form possible. But like the the main character just kind of wants to kill all of the shade. The enemies in the game are called shades. He just gets to a point where he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm killing all of these things. Mm-hmm. And like. He it, it ends up being like where he's doing it for fun almost like it it's kind of crazy. Huh. Uh, the story does like some of the it follows if you've played near Automata mm-hmm. I, I call it near Tomato because that's easier and funny. <laughs> Fair <laughs> but uh, if you if you if you've played Tomato it follows a lot of the same kind of story beats mm-hmm. but it does every single one infinitely better. Okay. Where, because where I played Tomato and like the game kind of tries to make you feel bad for the the things you're killing, and for me it never succeeded. And and I'm saying this as someone who really liked Tomato the first time I played it, because that was the first game uh, in in that universe that I had ever played. Mm-hmm. And like I was like, all right, this this game's doing some cool story stuff. Like I I get the writing; it's like kind of interesting, kind of cool. And like I finished the game and I was like, wow, that that was incredible. This might be one of my favorite games. And then I played the original Nier and it just like hit all of the story beats even better. And like made it made you feel like a pile of dog shit constantly (laughs) for doing what you did. And I'm like, I'm playing through it and I'm like, holy shit, this is everything Nier Tomato tried to do. But it's it's it succeeds like a lot. (laughs) So did it do it better by focusing on like a central character and like develop developing them more than Nier Automata? Or do you think that like Nier Automata, like like what specifically do you think makes the storytelling better? Specifically giving more making. Hmm, hold on. Let me think for a sec, because it's kind of a hard question just mm-hmm. to like answer without spoiling everything. That's fair. So I'm That's trying fair. to trying to word it in a way that like doesn't just give away Nier's entire story. Yeah. I guess it 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 gives you So, you know, I think the best thing to do here would explain the 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 what Yoko Taro said when he was making up the story for the original Nier. Mm-hmm. He said that the what inspired the story behind the original Nier was actually 9/11. Really? Because it was Two groups of people believing they were completely in the right. And and if you look at their reasonings, they both are pretty, you know, 
unflawed. They, they both believe they were doing what they did for the completely right reason mm-hmm. and that they were just. Nier captures that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Where Nier Tomato doesn't. You, I never really felt like either people were doing what they did for the right reason. They're just kind of doing it. Yeah. More more so, I feel like you were always the bad guy, mm-hmm. and I never thought that who you were playing as were the good guys. Okay, that's <laughs> fair. Because in Nier Automata, it's, like, usually more of a question about, like, what is sentience and, like, what is free will? Don't spoil it. I'm still playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. That doesn't spoil anything super big. Yeah. Okay. But I, I'll, I'll, I'll dance on that point a little bit more, where Nier Tomato does play around with that. And like, you know, it it plays a lot with like what is sentience, what is humanity, but near the original near doesn't play around with that point at all. Okay. It's very clear. This is humanity. This is sentience. And this, this is, is what you're doing. And this is what happens when like ideals are <laughs> taken to the extreme. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's really good. Like it, it just sends chills up my spine thinking about it like oh my god i i can gush about that game all day (laughs) okay that makes sense (laughs) then like it's more of a story about like near automata is more about like oh like what does it mean to be human and like the 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 original near is more directly like visceral to the person it's less existential so you can really like feel the emotions behind it okay that sounds pretty fucking cool hell yeah so when it comes to game design what what's like a good example of a game that really, I guess, m- makes you feel a certain way through the gameplay. Through the gameplay. This is kind of a... a so I have a couple examples. If, you, if you're willing to hear these couple examples, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to go through them quick. The first one's a really shitty game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and I think I might have talked about it last time. It's called Drakengard. I yes. think I remember and you saying that. <laughs> that's, that's another, it's another Yoko Taro game. It was his first game that he made with Square Enix. Square Enix. And it's, it's not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> but it hits a lot of these... It's Gameplay is so droning and boring. Mm-hmm. And the music is such fucking insanity boiled down into music. That like it... The more you play it, and if you get the, like, true final ending of the game, it just becomes, like, this droning noise. And the combat is just so boring and plain and unfun that you get into this mindset of just, like, actual mindless killing, which is exactly what the main character is doing in the game. He is killing because it's what he likes to do. And, like, the the main character in Dragon Card is an absolute fucking sociopath and it's really it's it's really subtle but like especially through the gameplay and the music combined like you get into this mindset of just like i'm just killing and i'm just gonna keep killing and it's really really good when you think about it that way if you're playing it as a video game it's really really shitty but as an experience i think it it's extremely powerful Okay, so it's kind of like the line if the gameplay was more integral to the story, but also yeah. like not as great as you hoped it would be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. uh, another game that is is probably a lot more known is Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over 2. 
Um, oh, uh, is that the one where um, it's they're going into like the dream realm and like trying to no, like, no? So, okay. so that's the one where you're playing as Roxas mm-hmm. during his like early. It, it takes place between when Sora goes to sleep and when Sora wakes up. So like the end of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories mm-hmm. and the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2. Oh, okay. It completely spans that time period. Okay. And and the reason I bring this game up is because the gameplay isn't anything spectacular. It's it's pretty, you know, subpar. It's probably like the same level as the first Kingdom Hearts game, which mm-hmm. I don't get me wrong. I love that game, but I don't think the gameplay is anything special. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's it it gets really boring because it's mission based. So each day you go you go through each of Roxas's three hundred and fifty eight days. That's the time length of the game. Mm-hmm. And you go through these days, like, doing mission after mission, and it's like, okay, go to this world and kill Heartless. And those are your missions, and they're really boring. But it just, like, and it, and it makes you bored. It really does. It's not fun to do. But it gets you in the same mindset that Roxas is in, because he doesn't have fun doing it. It's just work for him. It's like his 9 to 5. He's a 9 to 5-er. You know, he <laughs> goes, he wakes up, he does his fucking work, and then he goes and hangs out with his friends after and eats ice cream. It's the daily grind, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it like it really gets you in that mindset of like, all right, time to time to go to work so I can see these cutscenes and learn more story. We're all on the grind. <laughs> like, We're all on the grind. In in that way, it's really fucking cool. We're all on oh, the grind. But as again, as a game, it's not fun at all. <laughs> I would say for like an example that I've seen would be in Lisa, the game Lisa. Oh, I love that game. And, <laughs> That's a really good game. It's, too. And, uh, it's one of my favorites. Angel's actually playing it right now. I just um, started, but so no spoilers. But yeah, from the little that I've played. It's kind of a spoiler. It's kind of a spoiler, before, right. but it actually affects the gameplay. But as it's long not as like it's only a, kind of a spoiler. I'm it's not like a. So, so I think one thing we can talk about right away is I'm I'm assuming you've at least played like thirty like an hour or so of the game. I was well, going to get into like the choices, like one of the. the yeah, that's what I was gonna bring up. So, so I'll just bring up this really like, it's I'm gonna spoil you, but it's something super minor, okay. just to like get the point across. Because I, I think I I don't want to spoil like the bigger stuff for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, but at the very beginning of the game. There's a part where you either choose to let your partner die or they take all your items. A big part of the game is is the choices you make actually matter. Mm-hmm. And and they immediately matter. And, you know, that's just the very first little taste you get of your choices really mattering and just being constantly oppressed in game mm-hmm. and just like this crushing atmosphere of the world cuz there's no like getting out of this choice. You have to make this choice, and it's shitty either way. There's no good outcome to make, to choose. It's yeah. just like, what do you want to do? It's this or this, and it's immediately going to affect you. Okay. No matter what you do, mm. no matter what you choose, you're going to be affected negative, very negatively by this decision. Honestly, that's that's one of the things I felt was really lacking from certain story like focused games, like a lot of the uh, Telltale games where they had, like, The Walking Dead and shit. Like, you had all this illusion of choice, but realistically, there was only minor aesthetic, like, differences between the uh, actual choices you made. I don't know if this is spoiling it for anybody, but in one of the episodes of The Walking Dead one, 
uh, you have this option to like take some shit out of a car because like it's just abandoned in the woods. And later on, the people who own that thing like come to confront you. But whether or not you participated in taking shit out of that car or not, they still blame you and try to attack you. And it's just like, so what was the point? Like there there wasn't like it. it when it's first presented to you, it's kind of like set up as a moral choice. And it seems since it's like the climax or like the uh, like the after part of like the previous episode, it feels like, oh, this might lead into something. But it really doesn't versus games like that. I really appreciate even if the gameplay suffers a little bit, mostly because like you feel a sense of like not necessarily accomplishment, but like not even catharsis. How how would I explain that? Like it feels more immersive when it's you feel more like you're interacting with the game exactly right? exactly like, you, i i'm choosing what happens not mm. i'm gonna make a decision and then it's actually not gonna matter at all mm-hmm. yeah so like i that's what that's why i really enjoyed uh like near automata the first time i ever played it was because fucking like the cho- like the choices in and the gameplay like melded together really well even though ultimately like technically you still get to the same ending. It, it still felt really like, I don't know. This sounds like super simplistic, but it felt good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Moving on. What's a challenge that like a game designer like faces that a lot of people just like don't really think about? Um, I, I want to say that like the biggest challenge is just doing it. Mm hmm. <laughs> But I feel like that's a a problem that a lot of people experience and know of. Maybe maybe it's maybe they think might think it's just them, but like it's not. It's everyone. I me especially like the hardest thing is just like all right, time to time to do this. Time to to sit down and make a game. Exactly. And like I have a really hard time with that a lot. The only time I didn't have a hard time with it is when I was working on um World 2. And I was just like ecstatic about making these levels, which which is what made me think like, all right, I'm I'm probably a level designer. That's probably what I like to do most because <laughs> I, I absolutely loved making those levels like like not to not to make it sound like I, I I'm like depressed all the time. But like that month of like making levels, like I felt like I had purpose. Like I woke up every day cause that was during summer too. So I, I didn't have anything to do, mm-hmm. but like I would wake up in the morning and be like, all right, what am I going to work on today? Like how, what should I do for this, this, these levels today? And like every day it was like that. Like I just, I felt like I had something I could work on or improve every single day. And it was, it was such a joy to to have that feeling. And like, sense of purpose i guess yeah especially since like most people like we're just like beaten down by the monotony of like continuously doing like either work or like something else that we don't like get a visceral like you know sense of accomplishment from so honestly it's great that you found something that can give you that because ultimately i think that's like what we're all looking for in like some small way you know what i mean yeah the only unfortunate thing is that you know development's over now but at least i can enjoy the game i can i can play that game all i want and I I love every second of it. Hey, and now you know what makes you happy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. I love level design. I, <laughs> I really like taking games mechanics because so so the thing about Super Mario World is it's it's at the point where if you can code in in assembly, mm-hmm. which is like the most basic language, you can put anything you want in Super Mario World. Really? Like the 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 possibilities are limitless. It's insane. 
I don't know how to do any of that. So I was making what's called vanilla levels uh, that just use the basic blocks and enemies and mechanics. And and I found so much pleasure in like figuring out how to like use the mechanics in like kind of different ways or like just making things around those mechanics. Honestly, sometimes having limitations helps like get your creative juices flowing. You know what I mean? Because definitely. And that's something that that the program Lunar Magic does because you are making these levels for a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So there's only so much it can do. Okay. Yeah, uh, I remember I like I uh, remember when Vine was a big thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, only like it, it was like six seconds, right? It, it, like six or seven seconds, something like that. But like those limitations, like brought out like this whole stream of creativity. I think that's what you were getting at, uh, Angel. Mm. Uh, was like the whole Vine thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it just yeah, limitations breed creativity and like the work around. Yeah, definitely. And and to to like kind of jump off that point, I I even think your own limitations can breed creativity. Like you look at indie games, and you know they have one person working on them, and you know these these people aren't gods. They have their own limitations too. They're not good at certain things. They they lack prowess in certain aspects of game making, and they they recognize that, and then they build around that. And I think that's a great thing. One of the game, the game I mentioned earlier that I've been speedrunning, Ultra Kill, hashtag buy Ultra Kill <laughs> right up. now. I don't even give a are shit they, if you play they, it. Just go buy are it. Are they sponsoring this podcast? There we go. <laughs> I fucking hope so. We're getting more um, and more sponsors as this podcast goes on. I'm digging it. I love it. <laughs> I think we're, we're, but, we're raking in them checks. <laughs> I, I follow the dev for that game on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he sent out a tweet once and he was like, yeah, so... It's kind of funny that, you know, I'm I'm not very good at 3D modeling. That's probably the weakest thing I've done. And that's that's what people like the most about my game. They like these blocky PS1 ass looking enemies. So he took this weakness and made it into a strength. And if 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 he never sent that out, I would have thought it was completely intentional mm-hmm. and he was just like a genius of like retro aesthetic. <laughs> but that's not it at all. He was just like, damn, I'm not great at this. How can I make this work? And he did. <laughs> but like, what What about that? Like, I know that you just said that uh, you were uh, started, you found your own niche by playing this game. What about this game uh, uh, grabs you so much? Like, why do you enjoy it as much as you do? The gameplay. The game. 100%. In terms of gameplay, what I've always loved the most in terms of of playing is freedom even like designing Mm. i am very very into freedom i like giving the player as much freedom as possible and just letting them go wild with the mechanics i don't i don't really care if it's broken or like overpowered or whatever Mm. i think giving the players as much freedom as possible is 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 very important Mm. to make a fun game and that's exactly what ultra kill does it's basically to 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 describe what the game is like. The website that it, that they use to like host the game or quote host the game, it actually just links to the Steam page mm-hmm. is Devil May Quake. <laughs> so, you know, Devil May Cry and Quake combined. And that's exactly what the game is. There's, you know, four different types of weapons. Each of those four weapons have four variations. Mm-hmm. There's a a style meter that you can 
like that goes up as you kill enemies. Like you're, it's super fast paced. You can like cancel. Uh, there's no reloading. There's you can cancel like recoil animations. Like it's crazy. The game's super busted. It's, <laughs> it just makes it so much better. All right. Okay. Like there's never been a point where I'm like, damn, I wish I wish X could do Y. It's always damn X can do Y. <laughs> <laughs> You're always finding out like new ways to like use the mechanics given to you and the freedoms that you have. So it always feels yeah. fresh. Okay. Yeah, that's rare to find in a game, especially like story. Yeah, it's like game, like even like freaking modern games like freaking uh, The Last of Us. Like the story's good, but like once you've played it once, maybe twice, the replay value is just like not really there. Because at the, at a yeah, certain point, exactly. you're doing it for the mechanics, and the mechanics are like very simplistic. Yeah, and like I like don't get me wrong, I love I loved the first Last of Us. Mm-hmm. I I I thought it was incredible experience. But, like, I don't want to play that game again. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you like, already it's bought not, it. It's, it's not that fun to play. Like, it's, you know, pretty... If, looking at it, like, from a gameplay standpoint, it's kind of bare bones, honestly. It's, you know, pretty pretty whatever. But, like, that's not the point. That's not why mm-hmm. you play that game. You're there for the story, you know? And it's a great story yeah. that you get invested in. But exactly. once, once you've heard it, it once, it's like, do I really need to hear it, like, again? Like within yeah. the next like three months, nah. But more, more so, like, do I really need to play through it again? It's yeah. like you might as well just like watch it after that point. Fair, because it is a really good story. It's mm. there's a lot of subtleties in the writing too, which I I really liked. You know, I think it's interesting that the video game like genre itself has really like matured in its story uh, elements. Because I feel like at the very oh, beginning definitely. it was like you know it's like Frogger or like Asteroid or whatever, but now like. I think that debatably there's some video game stories that like reach the pinnacles of like Lord of the Rings and stuff where they're like full blown epics and like you get invested and you really like it's it's really become a full fledged storytelling medium, which I think is yeah, incredible. And, and like the thing the thing about video games, too, is that no other media allows you the immersion that video games do True. like. Like, like uh, I can go back to near, right? Yeah. Watching that game is not nearly as satisfying to me as playing the game. And like, cause, cause like, you know, of course this is going to sound stupid and I don't, I don't care, but like, it's like, it's almost like you're hanging out with all of these characters in the game and like you, they, they talk so much and you like, you really get to know these characters while doing like all of these mundane tasks and stuff. Mm. And like just spending time with them is fun. <laughs> I, I love that. Honestly, I think you get more like you get a deeper bond with characters from video games yeah, because you exactly. do have that like downtime that you spend with them versus in like books and stuff like there is some downtime, but it takes a fair bit of skill to turn that downtime into like meaningful character development versus this one. It like it's not that it takes like less effort, but, you know, it, it like it's easier to be engaged in that downtime uh, in video games than it is in books. And like to go off that as well, because that is a super good point. Like Mm -hmm. in books, it's like, you're not there. You're, you're very obviously, you know, reading the story about other people, but in like games, like it's so much easier to self insert. Like I'm, I am this character. I'm playing this character. I control what they do. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like adds that extra level of like, yeah, this, I could, this could be me. 
And like that's the appeal to games, and that's the the big appeal to VR as well. That takes it a step further, and it's not even like like even a step further than like first person games. It's mm-hmm. like I am actually here now. Yeah, you're doing <laughs> the physical actions. You're literally Yeah, it's like, like I am the main character. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm controlling this person and I'm in their head. It's like I'm in my own head controlling myself <laughs> now. <laughs> Yeah, like that's awesome. That is awesome. Do you think actually do you think uh, virtual reality is the future of like video games in like their advancement of the storytelling medium? Or do you think they have there? There are other things that are going to advance. I think VR, maybe not in its current form, Mm -hmm. but I definitely do think some sort of virtual reality is going to be what pushes the medium forward right now. I really think we're in that in in the VR is stuck where video games were in like the when 80s. they were first born. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they're all asteroid. It's like asteroids and that's it. And you have games where you can move around and shoot things or you bounce a ball back and forth. And every, every VR developer is stuck in this headspace that it's like, this is what a VR game needs to be. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'm not going to say I'm not in that headspace. Like, I don't know how to push it forward, but I think eventually someone's going to make something like like that pushed the boundary forward like Zelda or Doom. Yeah, something mm-hmm. super innovative. And things like that. Something that no one has ever done with VR before. And then everyone's going to be like, wait, why hasn't this been how it's been the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> is, there, is, there, is there VR Minecraft? I think so, actually. Is there really? There's gotta be. It's, it's just Minecraft in VR. Yeah, that's true. It's like this, but yeah. like That's that's a remaster if I've ever heard one. But but that's the problem with VR. Like, a lot of developers are like, oh, I'm going to make this game in VR. Yeah. But like... Instead of being like, I'm is, making a VR game, you know? like this. Yeah, it's specific. like, it's not like this game can only be a VR game and it will not work on a mouse and keyboard. Like, I don't think that net has necessarily happened yet. <laughs> Honestly, I think that I think that VR is definitely going to be part of the future. But I think that the more immediate future will probably be like a further integration of mechanics into story. Like, again, to like reiterate with like Nier Automata and like stuff like that, where like fundamentally playing the game and just fighting and doing stuff like that is playing into the story. Yeah, definitely. And and like not enough games play into that. <laughs> yeah, not enough do. And honestly, that's why I'm I'm really encouraged and like I'm hopeful for the uh like the future of video games because I see a lot of room for improvement and I see people making those strides in the first place because realistically, like Nier Automata like he's he's a genius because he's done that with every one of his games, but I think the the freaking the amount of money the Nier Automata and the whole Nier franchise has made is enough to like encourage you know, AAA developers to look into that and actually, because, like, there's real monetary, like, benefits to doing it. Oh, definitely. And yeah, like, like, like you just said, near, near Tomato put <laughs> near on the map. Yeah. Like, before this, Yoko Taro's games were just, like, all, like, fringe cult classic games, mm-hmm. despite their quality. And, like, like, even for me, I never had heard of any of those games before. And now I've played all of them and am currently working on the most infamous one, Drakengard 3. <laughs> Fair enough. The real dream, though, is that uh, hopefully VR can skip the whole, like, um, 
the whole in-between step and go straight into um, like integrating mechanics into storylines if they can learn from their like video game, like regular video game counterparts. So we can just skip all the fucking uh, all the in-between shit and really like advance it. Uh, yeah. But who knows if we'll get to that point. Who knows? Dude, I think we're almost out of time. But yep, before yep. we go, uh, dude, Yellow Swerve. I got a quick question for you. What's up? Dude, who is another content creator that you enjoy? So, fellow streamers, um, like, you know, these are all pretty small streamers that um, I, they're either people I watch or people that I've, like, grown close to in the community. Uh, Wodog, W-O-D-A-W-G. He is a Smash Ultimate streamer. Mm-hmm. Um, like daily, he like has lobbies up and just plays with people. So if you're into that, definitely check him out. Uh, regretful Twitcher, uh, kind of like me, a variety streamer, but he's a lot more like anime games. Uh, I think right now he's playing Danganronpa. One of them. I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't, mm. I don't know that series, <laughs> uh, but he also like has recently played Persona 5. So like that, he's much more on like the, the anime game kind of side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shermit the Hermit is one is someone I I've been watching a lot. He uh definite definitely a variety streamer, a lot more like RPGs and stuff, but he does like a lot of like challenge runs of games, which is super cool. Right now he's playing Final Fantasy 10 without leveling up. What the <laughs> which I I didn't even know that was fucking possible, but he's like at the very end of the game and it's fucking insane. Wait, really? Holy shit. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, dude. That's wild. Yeah, I, like, he started the run and I was like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? Because it's called a sphere grid, like, where you level up. I was like, what do you mean no sphere grid? Like, how is that even possible? And he's just like, I don't know, you just play the game, dude. What the fuck do you mean you play the game? (laughs) That is wild, man. Raw skill. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, In terms of, like, just like act like I, I, I'd I say actual content creators, but like, I mean, like YouTube people, I guess Kyle Bosman is is someone whose opinions I, I very much respect. Uh, he he used to work for game trailers, like an old game reviewing place. And then he was with uh, Easy Allies for a while. But he just like he, I think he just has really well thought out insights on games um, one of his favorite thing, one of my favorite things he's done was a, uh, a video called Capcom is better than nothing. Kind of a, uh, a, a slam on mighty number no. nine <laughs> where he just kind of like, he talks about like, you know, Capcom exists and is making games and that's, we should be happy for that. And I, I am, <laughs> I'm glad they're <laughs> making games still, but, uh, he's, he's someone whose opinion I really ex- respect uh and then you know shout outs to the the ultra kill speed running community by far the first community i've actually ever been like really involved in where i like check the discord every day like several times a day despite not liking discord that much (laughs) (laughs) but like there's a ton of cool people in there uh great game super good game best game i've probably my number one game honestly it's an hour long game. I've put 40 hours into it. 40, 43 and a half hours. And I'm not bored of it. It's 
I'm telling you guys, you gotta play that. You gotta play this game. It's the best FPS I've ever played in my life, and that's wow coming from me. That's saying something because I've played a lot of FPS games, and I really like FPS games. Yeah, that's that's a yellow out. swerve guarantee right there. That <laughs> yeah, ultra kill is fucking tight. The yellow swerve guarantee. I can't think of a single thing I would change in the game. Hit up the game dev, okay? Maybe when he makes the second one, you can be a part of it. Do some level design. <laughs> no, right? Come Ultra on. Kill two. <laughs> Electric boo. Why do you think I'm speedrunning the game? I'm trying to get noticed. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo. <laughs> you, you heard it Check here first, out. my dude. Game dev, okay? Yellow swerve's interested. Think about it. Akita, please notice me. <laughs> <laughs> Senpai, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh well yellow swerve plug yourself where can we find you what are all your links and everything? everywhere everywhere at yellow swerve i even have an instagram where i just shit post <laughs> at yellow swerve <laughs> twitter at yellow swerve twitch.tv slash yellow swerve i'm i'm yellow swerve everywhere that that's good <laughs> you know having a username on all platforms it's the same Fucking, yeah, it's very fucking hard. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> YouTube Yellow Swerve. I I think. Yeah, it is. Oh, dude. The URL isn't Yellow Swerve because they don't they won't let me have my own URL. But if you search Yellow Swerve, you'll find me. How'd you get the name? Picture of it. Yellow Swerve. All right. So that's that's a a story. All right. Um. So my when I turned 16, my parents bought me a car. It was a a Lancer. I, I don't remember what kind it is, but it was like the a knockoff Evo Lancer, pretty much. Like it had the fucking little little tail fin, <laughs> the, the whatever the fuck it's called, mm-hmm. the fish tail thing uh, at the end of uh, the back of the car. Yeah, mm-hmm. very nice. <laughs> and like it was a manual. It was mustard yellow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I got I got I got pretty into like drifting the car. You know, one day I just kind of overcorrected a turn and then slammed into a guardrail. <laughs> and uh, thus, Yellow Swerve was <laughs> yeah, born. <laughs> did, did the car survive? No. Uh, did no. <laughs> I don't have that car anymore. Same I have a, a shitty little 88 horsepower hybrid car now that feels like it's going to explode if it goes 100 <laughs> <laughs> but hey, the the yellow swerve name lives on. It the, oh, the, the name lives on. The swerve, yellow legacy swerve. lives forever, my guy. <laughs> it's got a good ring to it. <laughs> it does. I I I like bounced around with names a lot, like because I used to DJ. So like the the name I used for a long time, like even when I was like like playing music games competitively, co- competitively was DJ Soulbeat. Like, I, I don't think you can find any of my shit by that name anymore. <laughs> but, like, that was my name for a long time. And, like, that the car crash happened, and, and DJ Solby died in that car crash. And <laughs> he was reborn. rose from the ashes. <laughs> Honestly, my dude, you'd be surprised. Like, our original, like, podcast, like, we found some of those videos on freaking some, like, random Russian website. So, <laughs> uh, if you're... So we're... If you're if you're really looking for it, okay, it's out there somewhere. I know, I'm sure it is. <laughs> don't don't go looking for it. Anyways, <laughs> uh, wait, are dude. you talking about the lost tapes? The lost tapes, yeah. They don't exist. <laughs> They're a secret. They don't exist, dude. Yellow Swerve, thanks for coming on. Um, 
it was cool to have you on again because uh, all of our audio was corrupted for the last one. And we really appreciate you coming back. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, I'm, I was more than happy to come back. Cool, man. It's good to talk to you. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was great having you, my dude. I love these conversations. Okay, we should definitely do this yeah, again. Yeah, I, I love point. having them too. I absolutely love talking about game design. Like, <laughs> even if you're not interested in coming by the stream and like you just want to talk about game design, like, you know, I've played a lot of games and I've played a lot of really bad games, so I I know game design pretty well at this point. And uh, you know, I've been going to school for game design, so there's that too. So. <laughs> If you ever just want to talk about game design, I am more than happy to talk about game design. Yellow Swerve. Yellow Swerve. (laughs) The game designer. You can find all of our links uh, in the description below. Like, comment, and subscribe. And thank y'all for sponsoring us with your time. And music. And music. Is this where we put that end music? That's where you put the end music. Uh, do, no, do no, wait, 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 wait. Do we, wait, do we stop. stop the recording? We're stopping. No, mean, we don't stop. Wait, 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 wait for wait, the wait, end wait. music. Exactly. End music. We do it end music. now. End music. Please don't, please don't, please don't. For legal reasons, content, content, we should mention that all sponsors are not actually sponsors, and we only mention them for the sake of parody. All related brands and intellectual properties are owned by respective companies, and the content of this podcast does not reflect the views or values of those given companies. Seriously, please don't sue us. We have no monies. I just realized what I would want. Mm-hmm. I want the ability to just not sleep. Imagine how much more productivity you could get. Yeah, you spend like how 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 many fucking years do you spend sleeping? A third of your life. Yeah, like like a third of your life. So sixty years would be like twenty years of your life you spent sleeping. Yeah. And here's the other thing about sleeping is every single time you sleep, it's just a free trial of death. You get sampled (laughs) every single time you sleep. Sucks about that free trial. It's freaking good. Like <laughs> it's a good free trial. You want to like just make it permanent, and then you're like, you wake up and you're like, son of a gun. Like, <laughs> Dude, you know what? That makes me so much less terrified.